Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. It's time for our week three start sit. We're going to cover every fantasy relevant player from every game and hopefully give you everything that you need to know to walk away with a W from this week. Of course, you can't win them all, but goal is to... Uh, I'm going to hate to John Madness, but to win as many as you can. So we're going to go over as much as we can. There will be timestamps down in the description below so you can see where we're talking about which players. That should hopefully you know, have you save some time in case you don't have any Jets players. You probably don't really care about us talking about them. And then the other thing being comments are huge. One, we love the comments. Like and subscribe. That is seriously important to helping us out. And as I said in our last video... The more you guys comment, the more you like and subscribe, the more work I'm willing to put into this. I know how it is. It's, it's a bit of a trade, and we really appreciate your support. And finally, I put something up on our website, or I, I got to finish it, but once this video is uploading, I'll be working on that. And that is essentially doing a little bit of weekly rankings on our website. The rankings will be based off of two things. One, they will give you a matchup rating for every player. And then two, they will also give you is basically algorithm-based projections for what the I guess a computer thinks these players are going to score that comes down simply to like are they healthy how many points have they scored so far this year and do they have a good matchup um, and that's not perfect but it is somewhere to start from and it is nice to have that option so there will be a link down in the description to our website so you can check that out as well that being said I think I've gotten everything else that I need to say should we get into our first game uh, I don't know if you want to mention I want to split the video in two did you yeah I didn't mention yeah. that Sorry, so we started that last week. We're going to continue it this week. We're splitting our start sit video into two. The reason for that being, um, if we didn't, the video would be two hours long because I guarantee you this one will be an hour long. And so that gives us time for a few things. One, better research. For example, the Monday night game is in the second video. Well, that gives us more time to see what's going to happen because the game is further out. We can afford to do some more research. And I feel like we always have better quality after last week. I really enjoyed doing that. Um, doesn't mean you have to watch two videos, but they'll be half as long. So I think it works out pretty good. Plus there'll be timestamps. And there'll be timestamps, so that's going to save you a lot of time. But uh, yeah, that is important to note. I suppose I, I shouldn't forget that. But uh, And one more thing I want to add to that. You said, every, you know, we're going to talk about every player, which we are going to. Yeah. Uh, Some would say, well, there's a player that I didn't hear you mention, such and such, whatever. You can safely assume that uh, if we don't mention them, unless you're in a really, really large league and you're really desperate, if we don't mention them, then you go ahead and sit that guy. We also yeah. acknowledge the fact that uh, this is Tuesday right now, so on Tuesday, what we give you information-wise, yeah, that could change. If we don't mention yeah. a guy today, but let's say a quarterback, God forbid, gets in a car accident and dies, yeah, that's going to drastically change it. So this is based on Tuesday. If we don't mention a player, you can assume sit that guy. Absolutely. And again, that's probably one of the biggest uses for the comment section. If Lamar Jackson tears his ACL in practice, you can bet I'll be putting a comment down there for you guys to, to check that out and to know. So hopefully this will be a, a kind of one-stop shop for all your starts it needs this week. But let's get right into it with our first game. All right, guys. So here we are. First game. Let's go for that Thursday game. Panthers versus Texans. And uh, Pick a side, I guess we'll start with the Panthers and Sam Darnold. This is going to be a good matchup for him. So going against the Texans, they give up the 14th fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. But that stat is very skewed. They've given up five TDs in the first two games. But last game, they gave up three rushing touchdowns to the Browns. They got shredded on the ground. And so really, that defense has been pretty abysmal as a whole. I think Darnold is going to be just fine in this game. And if you want to start him, you can. But I don't think he's going to guy who has a huge ceiling. For me, he kind of goes into that 10 to 16 range for quarterbacks if we're kind of ranking them, I guess. 
where he might slip into there to a starting role. I, I tend to think a lot of you have better options, however. Although I think it's kind of that's kind of my fresh catchphrase now. We say for a lot of guys that you, you can start him, but you'll probably have better options. Yeah, you know, it's funny that when you have the subs, I don't want to be braggadocious here, but a lot of people are saying that he's kind of uh, losing that bust label because he's had two good games and he's playing quite well. But we've been mm-hmm. saying that he never had a fair shot for the Jets there. Yeah. And we kind of really felt strongly in the preseason rankings we discussed that this guy we think is going to be a decent quality quarterback Mm -hmm. in fact right now the rookie quarterback for the Jets is struggling quite a bit and I don't know if that's an indication once again that he's going to be a bust or or if he's just on the Jets but anyways I I uh, digress there yeah so moving on to Christian McCaffrey he's a must start I'm going to explain it but I don't need to the Texans give up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing running backs and McCaffrey's currently on pace to go over 1400 rushing and 1300 receiving yards boom Um, we're going to leave it at that DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. We'll start with DJ Moore. He's a clear must start. Now, the Texans give up the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, but they give up 49 fantasy points to the Jaguars' wideouts. And in week two, the best receiver they faced was Rashard Higgins of the Browns. And then sure enough, what did the Browns do? They just ran all over them. That defense is brutal. Uh, DJ Moore is a must start. Robbie Anderson is also a good start, but it is clear that his role has taken a slight step back from last season. Clearly, Sam Darnold has found his favorite receiver, and that's more, and he's going to get more volume. So for me, Robbie Anderson is a guy that you can start, but he better be you can better expect he's going to be your wide receiver three or your flex play. As far as their tight end goes, I'm going to sit Dan Arnold. He's definitely etched out a role in that offense as the number one receiving tight end, but, but Ian Thomas is still there. Brandon Zilstra had a touchdown, and their rookie, Terrace Marshall, he, he doesn't look horrible either. They've got a lot of weapons, so I'm going to sit their tight end. I'm also going to sit their kicker, Zane Gonzalez, but I will be starting the Panthers' defense this week. I really think you should. Um, Go in this matchup. They got 10 sacks and three turnovers and have allowed just 10 and a half points over the first two games. That defense has been really good. And probably even more importantly, the Texans offense doesn't look so hot right now. Tyrod Taylor might be out. So yeah, exactly. Huge. Yeah. So he looks like he's going to be out likely for the next four games, but definitely for this game. He's, he's already marked as out. So Davis Mills will be playing. For one, you need to sit Davis Mills. But for two, uh, looking at some of the stats, he completed just eight passes for 100 yards. He did score a touchdown, but he also had an interception. Um, that's a bit of a hit, um, definitely. I think Tyrod Taylor, you know, he's no Tom Brady, but it is definitely a downgrade there. At least, you know, with Tyrod, you had a mature quarterback who knew what he was doing and been in the league for years. Uh, as far as the running backs go, you got to look at it there. Mark Ingram is still the number one running back who sees the majority of the touches. But last week, they kind of regressed from week one in that they were more of a running back by committee system. Our Mark Ingram saw less touches, and that has to make you nervous. More importantly, the Panthers have given up the fewest fantasy points. In fact, last week, they gave up just five rushing yards to Alvin Kamara. Uh, I don't need to explain this anymore. I think you should be sitting the Texans running backs this week for sure. Um, moving on to the wide receivers, Brandon Cooks. You definitely got to start him. Now the Jets, or excuse me, the Panthers have given up these sixth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, but they did that against the Saints and the Jets. Neither teams have really great receivers. Even the Saints, who are a good football team with Michael Thomas out, don't really have a stud wide out. So that number, I think, definitely skewed a little bit. I think they're a good pass defense, but not quite that good. And Cooks has been great, 22 and 23 fantasy points in his first two games. No arguing that. Continuing on with it, I'm going to sit all the Texans tight ends. I'm going to sit their kicker, Joey Sly, and I'm going to sit their defense as well. I think that's a pretty easy wrap-up right now, especially with Tyrod Taylor out. I have to expect it's going to be a very tough week for that Texans offense.
So I've got the Colts versus the Titans. I'll talk about Carson Wentz right now. I don't saw the play, but he's got two sprained ankles. And if you watch the play, it looked like he should have broke something there. I'm actually surprised he didn't. It looked ugly. Mm-hmm. Two sprained ankles. Uh, he's played okay this year. He hasn't played great, and he didn't play great last week, but it was against a good Rams defense. The Rams defense is very good. Uh, this week he faced the Titans. I give up the third most points to quarterbacks. But it is worth noting that that was against Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. So, I mean, that's, I mean, those quarterbacks are, like, obviously a lot better than Carson Wentz. So you got to kind of factor that into there. Um, but I would say this, based on his mediocre start, the fact that his both angles are hurt at this point, limited mobility, uh, even though he has a favorable matchup, I think it's better to sit him right now unless you're in a two-quarterback league. Uh, Monter is sad later in the week just to see how he does, uh, but I would tend to lean uh, from starting to lean away, even though the matchup is good. We need to see a little bit more from him. What about Ryan Tannehill? So uh, week one, Julio was a non-factor, um, but last week he looked like the old Julio Jones. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, he was one inch away from getting a touchdown. I think Ryan's going to have a nice year. And those numbers are going to come around. He's going to get better, especially as they concede a pound. Derrick Henry, um, as he gets those yards and they're starting to crank out, play action become more effective. If you look at now, since Ryan's been there for the Titans, he's averaged 1.96 passing touchdowns per game. That's 31 touchdowns over 16 games. And it seems like everybody's fading quick on this guy because they had a quiet week one. Um, but he's a very solid play. Now, with that said, there'll be games where he might go and throw 300 yards passing um, but lose a bunch of touchdowns on the goal line for Henry. Mm-hmm. But he's still a very good quarterback, and he's got a good matchup this week. But I would say he is outside the top 12. There are better options ahead of him. But you can definitely play him if you're in 14 or 16-team leagues or two quarterback leagues. Start him if you need be. He's not bad there at all. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, running back. Um, somewhat disappointed. I know that because I have him on my team. I hope he picks it up soon there. His yards per carry right down. He hasn't found the end zone yet. Um, the last game against the Titans, he had a bad week when he played him last year. He had seven carries for 12 yards. So everything's indicating a slow start, how he played versus the Titans last year. It doesn't look good, but you can't sit the guy. One, he is talented. He's a clear lead back. And whether Wentz is playing or less than 100%, okay, um, I think what they're probably going to do is line heavily on the running game. That's what I was assuming they're going to do to keep pressure off of either his bad ankles or the, the other guy that's going to start possibly east in there. So for me, I think that uh, he's not – I'm not high on him like I was earlier in the year, but right now in this game, he would be what I would call a strong running back too, simply based on volume. In 12-team leagues or smaller leagues, um, in a really large league, if you're like maybe 16 teams, we've been in a couple of those, he could be an RB1 for you still, once again. I know he hasn't started great, but I don't think you can ignore it. I think he's going to have the numbers that are going to come around. I don't know your thoughts on that. but No, absolutely. It just it happens all the time. Even after one week, it's so funny. I know somebody who was huge on Derrick Henry, and then Derrick Henry had a bad week one, and then they asked me, should I trade him? And I'm like, you got to calm down. It's two games. Like, I don't see. So, yeah, it's one of those things. Running backs have a couple of bad games. You know what happens? They make a couple of adjustments on the offensive line, and they're fine. Yeah. You know, big games are coming for him. Um, it might not be this week, but he's still too talented to sit. So drop him to that kind of running back two range. Talking about Naheem Himes quickly there. He's the type of player that's kind of valuing PPR leagues as a flex play. But with Mack and Taylor healthy, uh, it's going to be very hot or miss, you know, hot or cold or hit or miss for him at this point. So I think they need to shift their usage before you can trust him. I would sit him right now. Derrick Henry, uh, uh-oh, man, he had a bad week one. First half, he didn't look good, but then he exploded the second half and had a phenomenal game. And I think we all knew he was going to be fine. Yeah. Okay, I don't think anybody worried there. What I am surprised about, what I find shocking and encouraging, was not his second half rushing yards. The most encouraging thing for me that you guys should be excited about this is not his bounce back game, but what is it? The catches. The use in the passing. Like, what is going on here? Like, that was the one thing. And he's been in the league a few years. This yeah. guy is not good in the passing game. But right now, he's got 10 targets in two games and nine catches. Um, even in his best season, his most catches he's ever has 19. 
And right now he's on pace for 72. Now we know he's not going to have 72 catches. That's not going to happen. But it does raise his floor a little bit in PPR leagues. But it doesn't matter. This guy is a strong running back one start. Um, you need to go ahead and just start him. It doesn't matter how good Indy is against the run. Because someone would argue, well, Indy's good against the run. Yes, they are. But last year he just torched these guys. Start him in all formats as a running back one. Uh, Michael Pittman. Uh, we liked him coming into the season. Talked about the value that he had. He had a great game last week. The Titans are giving up the most points to wide receivers, so this is wonderful. Uh, they've been looking actually foolish to opposing wide receivers. Silly almost. Unfortunately, this could be Jacob Easton that might be throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, that to me, that's a real concern. So uh, if Easton starts, I would sit Michael Pittman. Yeah. I don't even take a chance there. I think we need to see more. If it is Wentz, um, I would start as a mediocre wide receiver three. And the reason why you have to temper your expectations is because the injury is to Wentz at this point. Uh, even mm-hmm. though I like him moving forward, I think Michael Pittman's going to have a good season and a good career. Uh, there's just some question marks going into this, so I would still kind of pull back on that a little bit. Uh, Zach Pascal, uh, three touchdowns in two weeks, but he's only averaging 40.5 yards per game. With all the uncertainty at the quarterback position, um, he's not getting high volume. Paris Campbell could come back this week. I would sit him even though he has a great matchup. Once again, I just think the quarterback concerns there, um, I don't trust it. I don't know how you feel about that. No, I, I completely agree with that. And there's the only guy there that I think you'd start is Pittman of all their wide receivers. And I, even the Pittman thing, even if Wentz does play, Pittman was bad week one. He was only good week two, so you don't know – it's like you don't know what's the real Pittman even. Yeah. So he makes me nervous. And, yeah, you know, I feel like if Wentz plays, you almost have to put him in at your wide receiver three. But it does make me a little nervous. And I guess we'll see what we get with him in the next couple games. Yeah. So let's look at uh, wide receivers for the Titans or Julio Jones. Someone asked me after week one, should they sit Julio? In many ways, you could say, yeah, you can make that argument. A lot of people did sit him. But we also did say, like, it's really hard to sit the future Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, he had a nice game. And like I said, one inch away from having a touchdown. Colts did you see the, the replay on that? Yeah. They did the freeze frame. That was a touchdown. I think it was. You know, I think it could have gone either way. But, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. So the Colts have been torched by wide receivers this year. And this is a good matchup. I would start him as a strong wide receiver, too. Now, A.J. Brown, I moved to wide receiver three. With Jones there and Henry being a stud, mm-hmm. I think Brown, he'll stretch defenses. I think he's going to have some big games. But the volume is not there to make him the wide receiver he was last year. So I, I would definitely move him. Um, he's not a strong wide receiver one play. He's a, a wide receiver two at this point. Or, I'm sorry, wide receiver three play at this point. So, uh, talk about tight ends there. You got Doyle and Cox. Uh, Doyle is a moderate play. He had a nice week last week, but I wouldn't trust him right now. I try to find better options out there, less risky, especially knowing that Wentz could sit. And to be honest, um, if they wouldn't, according, this is weird because I've, what I've been has been baiting a lot of guys based on the fact that Easton could be the starting quarterback. But I'll say this if Easton does get the start, I actually think it could favor Doyle. Yeah. Because a lot of times with guys like that, they'll have a more conservative play calling, shorter throws. It could benefit Doyle if uh, went since, but doesn't matter. You got to find a better tight end option. I just wouldn't go there with either one of those tight ends at this point. Sit both tight ends for the Titans. As far as the kickers go, you got uh, Blankenship and Bullock. Bullock had a nice week after he was signed. I'd play both kickers in this game. As far as the Titans, the Colts defense go, I would sit both. If you're desperate, you could start the Titans defense if Easton starts at quarterback. So I think that's my take on. It. I missed something there. All right, no, I don't think you missed anything. You want to just move on? It was pretty straightforward. There we go. All right, thank you for that, Rob. So let's get into our next matchup, Falcons versus Giants. I want to talk about the home team first there in the Giants. And Daniel Jones is, I can't believe I'm going to say it, he's a quarterback you should probably be starting this week. Uh, If he's out there, if he's an option for you on your lineup, go for it. Not only has he finished 4th and 12th in the first two weeks amongst quarterbacks and fantasy scoring, so he's already, you know, performed as a starter, 
course, he's been doing it both on the ground and in the air, but that just makes him a versatile quarterback. He's certainly got weapons, but really the biggest thing for me comes down to the matchup. He plays the Atlanta Falcons, who have given up the most fantasy points to opposing QBs. In fact, they've given up eight touchdowns in two games. So Daniel Jones is a guy I would start. He's got huge upside in this game. I think you also got to start Saquon Barkley. Now, clearly in week one, he was shaking a little dust off, right? He did not look fantastic, but he had a much better game too, where he bumped his yards per carry up to 4.4 yards per carry. And more importantly, 4.4 yards per carry alone is pretty good against that Washington defense. And now he goes against the Falcons. The Falcons have been torched by running backs in the passing game. So definitely play Barkley, probably as I would give him maybe a high-end running back too. I wouldn't quite call him like, you know, an elite running back one. Clearly, they're still working some things out. Maybe he's still shaking a little rust off, but he's going to be fine. Definitely play him. As far as the wide receivers go, the only wide receiver that I would play there in that Giants offense is Sterling Shepard. All those other guys are likely not to see like Kadarius Toney or, you know, even um, Kenny Galladay, none of those guys have really produced so far for me to feel comfortable playing them. But Sterling Shepard has emerged. He's been phenomenal. So far this year, he is ninth in wide receiver scoring, and he's going to capitalize on a great matchup. The Falcons, again, they've given up eight total passing touchdowns, five of them to wide receivers. I think Sterling Shepard's going to see big volume in this game. Wouldn't be surprised if he finished with eight to 10 catches and over 100 yards. So definitely play him. Moving on to the tight ends. Now, right now, Evan Ingram is currently questionable and may come back this week, but either way, he won't have a role. If he is out, Kyle Rudolph is a tight end that you could consider starting. I don't love Kyle Rudolph. He hasn't been that great. But Falcons give up three touchdowns in the last two games to tight ends. And so if you're in a standard league and you're desperate for options, and you've been very disappointed with the performance of one of the guys that you do have, he is a guy to consider, but I'm not huge on it. I would say he's more of a player to start in deep leagues, you know, maybe if you're in a 14 or a 16 team league. Uh, Graham Gano, what do you make of this guy? Goes out week one and scores one fantasy point, and then week two he scores 22. Ultimately, I think he's a great kicker. He's booting a man. That was a fun game to watch for him. He was electric, but they just didn't seem like they used him the first game. I'm not so sure what to expect, but considering the Falcons are eighth fewest fantasy points to kickers, I don't know if I trust them to be kicking lots of field goals. I would call him an average start based on his talent in that situation. Uh, and then finally, the Giants defense, I would sit them. Falcons do have the most fantasy points to opposing defenses, uh, but that does include two touchdowns that the Buccaneers scored last week against them. I think that number is very skewed, one, based off of how good the, the Buccaneers defense is, and two, they got lucky. Touchdowns are not something that the defenses typically get, so I'm going to sit the Giants defense. Haven't looked that great in fantasy this year. Yeah, they're not a prolific defense anyway, so. Yeah. Moving on to the other side of the football, we got to talk about the Falcons here. Matt Ryan, you got to sit him. He finished 31st in week one in quarterback scoring, and then last week he finished 19th. He's just not been effective. He has had a lot of struggles, and you've got better options. Uh, looking at the running backs, Mike Davis. Now, versus the Giants, they give it the 10th most fantasy points to running backs, and, uh, you know, that's they're especially bad against pass-catching running backs. In fact, last week they gave up five catches and 83 yards to J.D. McKissick. We could see a similar sort of performance from Mike Davis, who hasn't looked phenomenal, but he will be used in the passing game, and he is the, the kind of the sole running back in that offense right now. Um, so for me, I would consider him a low-end RB2 or flex play in PPR. In standard, I don't know. You feel like you probably sit him in standard unless you're, you're kind of shallow on options. 
Um, got to talk about Cordero Patterson right now. Actually, got some notes here we'll pull up on him. But here's the thing. I think people are really excited about him, right? I think he had a big week last week. He had two touchdowns. It looked great. For me, I think you got to sit Patterson. I don't think it's dependable. I don't think it's reliable. Though I know our waiver wire video has already gotten many comments from people saying they're going to start him. Um, do you have anything to say to that before I continue? Yeah, I, you know, if you look at his entire career, I mean, if you're objective and you go back to the very beginning, this guy came with a lot of talent fast, could never quite find a role. But it's not the first time in his career where he hasn't done this. We had a game or two, and it looks like, man, he's got a role. This guy could be used. He looks like he's got talent. And then he just disappears. And I feel like right now that's where we're at. They've got a lot of the young, talented players. There. You've got Pitts and got Ridley and other guys like that. Um, and Davis, like you yeah. said. Another reason why Davis hasn't been used a lot is they've fallen behind quite a bit in these games and they can't stick to the run. Like, mm-hmm. I need one more game um, from Cordell Patterson before I feel like I could trust him. Well, let's put it out there like this. He had seven carries for 11 yards last week. That's 1.6 yards per carry. You, you really depend on his rushing touchdown. You think that's repeatable on 1.6 yards per carry? It's not. He was, however, extremely effective in the passing game. Six targets, five catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown. Awesome. Uh, except the week before, he had just two catches for 13 yards. You feel like he can repeat that level of receiving game production every week? I just don't see it. I think a lot of you guys are going to start him, and I'm afraid it's going to be a disappointing week for you. But kind of like Cordell Patterson, I'm perfectly fine being wrong if he does have a good game. He's a journeyman for a reason. Yeah, he is. Well put. Of course, Calvin Ridley is a must-start. He goes up against the Giants. The Giants gave up... What, 14 targets, 11 catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown to Terry McLaurin with a backup quarterback. I think Calvin Ridley is going to have a good week this week. Although, I love Terry McLaurin. Although, yeah. They're both good wide receivers. It doesn't matter. But uh, what about Kyle Pitts? I know you were making some moves trying to trade for Kyle Pitts. Man, I tried so hard to trade for this guy. I offered him the world in a dynasty league, and he would not bite. Uh, And I was actually willing to let myself get ripped off. I think he's going to be an all-world talent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you look at that? Five catches for 73 yards last week. I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the Do you the see future. that one catch he had? Oh, it's so him. athletic. Do you see that? It was insane. And he, he reaches back, catches it in stride, and boom, he's off. He doesn't even slow down. I mean, it was phenomenal watching this guy. It's hard to believe he's a tight end. Um, yeah, combine that with the Giants give up the third most fantasy points to tight ends. It's going to be a good week for him. Definitely start him. If, uh, if only because uh, there aren't any good options out there. So if you have yeah. Kyle Pitts, I guarantee you, you don't have a better tight end. Uh, Young Wei Koo, Young Ho Koo, whatever you want to call it. I, I forget how to pronounce it, but great kicker, bad offense. I think that averages out to be a pretty okay start. Not great, don't love it, but not bad, and I think you should play him. Of course, you got to sit the Falcons defense, um, and that is it for that game. Just wrap that up nice and quick there. There we go. So the Chargers versus the Chiefs there. Let's start with the quarterbacks, Pat Mahomes. Uh, and this is a tough one. I don't know what to do. What do you think you should do, maybe? I don't know. Pat Mahomes uh, probably just trade him away. For... Yeah, maybe sit him. Basically, stop it. He's obviously starting. It doesn't matter who he plays. He's matchup-proof. Um, in fact, based on his quarterback rating, right now, easily the greatest quarterback of all time. This guy is yeah. phenomenal. Let's move to Justin Herbert, though. Kansas City's defense is getting 32.5 points per game. And Mahomes has scored a lot of points, so that Justin, that means for Justin, anyways, he's going to be throwing a lot to play catch-up. I think this is a, I think the over under in this game is going to be high. Going to be a lot of volume there. I would start Justin Herbert in this one. Now, what we are seeing with him, as you go back, the year he's having right now is not as good as last year. Defense are adjusting a little bit. I think when this year is said and done, you look at his numbers, he'll still be a decent quality quarterback. I think his efficiency is going to go down. His interceptions are going to go up, but he's a great volume play this week. So start him. As far as kicker on uh, kickers goes, running backs go Austin Eckler. Uh, Kansas City has given up four rushing touchdowns in two games. Last week he had nine catches. And I expect very similar usage for Austin Eckler in this one. Starts a very strong running back one in PPR leagues, a low-end running back one in standards. 
Now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, he had a costly fumble last week that cost him the game, really. Um, but you know that that's his first time fumbling um, in the NFL, and he only had one fumble in college. Wow. So I think uh, the coach came out and said, we're not worried about that. That's not going to be an issue. So I'm not worried about the fumbling. I am a little worried about the effectiveness. He hasn't looked that great. Mm-hmm. We kind of warned about it in some degree. If you actually look to his struggles, you actually have to go back to last season. He's been struggling about five or six games in since then. So between him and the offensive line, it's a concern. But he's still talented. He's going to get a majority of the carries, and he's still useful in the passing game. So I'd start against a charge allowing the eighth most points to backs. He's a mid-low or mid-level running back to start. Any thoughts on uh, Hilaire? No, nothing to add okay. there. I, I do hope he picks up. You talk about, uh, I've been trying so hard to get a tight end. I re- do you mind if I just go off on a tangent here? But I'm going to. Go so, for it. Uh, I still just want a tight end, tight end. So I traded this. And what I trade away is uh, Mark Andrews, who I think is very good. But in that offense, he doesn't get enough volume. And I gave away, um, this one was tough, Najee Harris. Um, who right now I think is not going to be uh, great because of the offensive line, but I think he's going to have a great career. I got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm concerned about that, but I got George Kittle. Yeah. So uh, I'm not worried about George Kittle, but I need Hilaire to start playing better, so I hope this is his game that he breaks out. Anyways, let's talk wide receivers. Tyreek Hill. Uh, Ick last week, three catches, 14 yards. doesn't matter. You're going to start this guy every week. It doesn't matter. He's another guy that's matchup proof. He's a Tier 1 wide receiver with a great quarterback. Start him. I'm sorry I had a back a week for you last week, but you got to play the guy. Let's go to the, uh, and now it's at the rest of the Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers. That one is like Russian roulette trying to figure out who's going to be that guy. Just when yeah. you think you've pinned it down, they'll switch it up. So I just stay yeah. away from all the other guys. Uh, Keenan Allen, back-to-back 100-yard games. I think that will continue this week in a shootout. And the Chiefs haven't faced a good wide receiver yet. So the Chiefs haven't got up a ton of points. But this is going to be the first real challenge when they face Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I would start him as a wide receiver one. Keenan Allen is very good. Now, as far as Mike Williams goes there, we said that he's had a 1,000-yard season. He's had double-digit touchdowns. He's ever done in the same season. In a recent video, we said, this is probably a season where that comes together, and I think it's going to. He's looking really good right now. Mm-hmm. I would play him. In fact, he's got, in two games, 15 catches, 173 yards, and two touchdowns. He's a strong wide receiver to play in this one. As far as, uh, and this is another one, Travis Kelsey. Oh, what do you think you do with that one? I don't know. Maybe Again, uh, just yeah. trade him away to me for a late-round pick would be great. Maybe, yeah, maybe start him. Unless you're playing me, you can sit him. Travis Kelsey, another one. This guy's phenomenal. In fact, at the end of his career, he's going to hold a lot of tight end records statistically. Yeah. This guy's phenomenal. Go ahead and play him. Now, as far as Jared Cook goes, uh, he has been lights out, but the tight end position is very thin, and he has a good matchup. So I would start as a tight end and then kind of put him in the 10 to 12 range as a tight end goes there. So based on your league size, we'll determine whether or not you start him. I would start both kickers, Buckner and Vizcayano on this one, and I would sit both defenses in this game. All right, lovely breakdown, pretty straightforward there. One thing I might add is people will be tempted to play Chiefs wide receivers. It's gonna, it happens every year. Oh, Pringle had 75 yards and a touchdown, and I'll be like, yeah, but on two catches. And then the next week, he'll get two catches for 15 yards and no touchdown. And Hardman will go off. And, and yeah, just it, run. Then Robinson will have a big, like, yeah. Again, I just wanted to bring that up again, go back to a little bit real quick, because we're going to get comments on it. I know we are. People yeah. are going to start them. And you know what? Every once in a while, when you take those sort of risks, you're going to be right. But you're going to be wrong way more than you're right. So here's what happens. You ever know somebody that has a gambling addiction? I know a few people that do. Like, they always forget the money they lost, but they remember that one time they hit it big. And that's what happens. You roll the dice, roll the dice. Yeah, every once in a while, you get it right with a risky play. You always forget all the time you took your chance and were wrong. Yeah. You know, just don't risk it. Find better options out there. Absolutely. Let's move on to our next game, though. 
All right, moving on now. Let's get into the Bengals at Steelers matchup. And I think we got to talk Steelers first. Ben Roethlisberger, everybody has been down on him. And the fact of the matter is his fantasy production has not been there. That's going to continue this week. I don't think you should start Ben Roethlisberger. You know, maybe he does have a good game this week, but I don't feel comfortable playing him. You shouldn't either. That being said, and I kind of mentioned this to you a few minutes ago, like he hasn't been a terrible quarterback. Look at like week one. They beat the Bills. The Bills are a great football team. And you know what? His fantasy production wasn't there, but he he was kind of a game manager. He played his role. He did the right things, and it, he, they didn't really need him to do a whole lot. So I think people might over overreact a little bit about Ben Roethlisberger, but the fact of the matter is he just hasn't been fantasy productive. Moving on to the running back, Najee Harris. He's also a guy who that offensive line has hurt him. He has not been good in the ground game, in the running game. But again, I think that has to do with his offensive line. I'd love to see how effective he could be if he was on a different offense that had a better O-line, like say, you know, this, uh, the Cowboys or whoever it may be. But it doesn't matter because you know what? He's productive in the passing game. Five catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown last week. It keeps him available no matter what down it is, no matter what the score it is, no matter what the situation is. He's the running back on the field. And so he is a must play this week. Yeah, I sent you guys a video of it. I think you all saw it on there. But there's that one play where he took that cornerback and just tossed him to the side, uh, stiff-armed him. Now, I've seen that happen before where maybe the cornerback is off balance or something like that. But, I mean, he squared up his shoulders to uh, um, Harris, and Harris tossed him like he was a rag doll. It was fun to watch. Yeah, it was fun to watch. I was just happy to not be the cornerback. <laughs> but uh, moving on to the wide receivers, here's an interesting situation. and We mentioned it every week. They make me so nervous, those Pittsburgh wide receivers. It's so confusing. Juju Smith-Schuster, now he's averaged about five catches for 45 yards in two games, hasn't found the end zone, and doesn't seem to get a whole lot of targets in the goal line or the, that kind of red zone territory. So, you know, for me, you got to lower him quite a bit. If it's not a PPR league, if it is a standard league, like he probably comes in as a wide receiver four, right? Like I just has not proven his ability to find the end zone this season. Um, then there's Chase Claypool, three catches for 70 yard last game. That's great. Um, but he had nine targets. The fact of the matter is Claypool struggles to find separation. He is not a good route runner. He's not super fast. He has great catches when he has them. They're fantastic. But again, it's probably because he just can't get away from the cornerback. Well, another thing that you notice he watched the game and broke down the film a little bit too on the couple times where he did get open, uh, going back to Ben Roethlisberger, missing him. You know, I mean, yeah. there's just the connection's not there. The other thing I do think with volume, he could get better. But with three wide receivers, mm-hmm. you almost need one of those guys to go down to, to really bring that volume up and to bring the consistency up. Yeah, the one guy here that I think you should start as a mid to high end wide receiver three is Deontay Johnson. He is, he's just, over the last couple weeks, he's gotten more volume than those guys. Nine catches, 105 yards last week, and the week prior, he scored a touchdown. Um, I don't know. Maybe it just maybe it's just me. feels like he is slightly more used than those guys, slightly more dependable. Not by much, but enough to say if I had to start one of those three, for me, it's Johnson. Yeah. Now, you're going to have to watch Johnson on that one because right now he's questionable with a knee injury. Mm-hmm. They thought it could be season-ending, but it looks like it may not be. But I would think at this point there is a strong possibility that he's not going to play. And, of course, that would change the value for those two other guys. Absolutely. I'm so happy you said that. If that happens, then, man, Judas Schuster is going to see volume. You've got to consider playing him and, and even maybe Claypool as well. But um, but we'll, we'll move on to the tight ends now. Pat Fermouth, he has kind of emerged as their guy. He had, what, four catches last week. He has, you know, kind of stepped up above Eric Ebron as the, the starting tight end. But when you break it down, neither one of those guys have been great for fantasy. I would be sitting both of them, although maybe Pat has a bigger day if Deontay Johnson is out or not 100%. 
Uh, moving on to their kicker, Chris Boswell, I would sit him. And I'd start the Steelers' defense. They're going up against the Bengals, who have allowed nine sacks, four turnovers, and a touchdown in just two games. That's a, that's my breakdown for that. Do you want to do you want to hop in on that at all before I move on to anything? No, I think we're good. Let's uh, let's talk about the Bengals now in this offense. And, and you kind of said it, so and and I'll just kind of I guess copy what you said. Don't you feel like this is going to be a tough matchup versus the Steelers this week? Yeah, Joe Burrow looked great week one, but let's let's just pause right now and, and put it in its context. It was against the Vikings defense, which is brutal. Mm-hmm. Last week he came out, he threw three picks, he struggled. Um, and, and last year, if you're being honest there, he had some struggles also. And now he's going against a Steelers defense that's coming off a lot, so going to be hungry. Now, mm-hmm. we do have to wait and see if T.J. Watt plays in this game. Obviously, that changed that defense a little bit, but still, they're a great defense there. I, I've got red flags all over this one. I wouldn't even bother playing Joe, would you? No, I wouldn't either. And again, it comes down like you, there's only 12 starting quarterbacks in a week. You've got better choices. You don't need to play the bad matchup. There's only a few quarterbacks you should start in a bad matchup. That's like what Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes. Like, there's only a few guys that you should be playing in a difficult matchup. And he's just, I don't know. Again, he looked good week one, but everyone looks good against the Vikings, unfortunately. Yeah. Moving on, Joe Mixon, though. Joe Mixon's a guy you got to play. Well, he's got 49 carries in two games. Yeah. He, he might not be the most efficient, the most effective, but he's a volume play for yeah. sure. And then, you know, they do use him in the passing game, so he will be out there in third downs, and he will get some catches there. So, uh, mm-hmm. once again, I, I do worry about the matchup, but with, like I said, who's got a better guy at number three or running back on their bench where you could sit him? Um, I like to know who that is, unless you're like a six-team, you know, yeah. six-team league, not 16. Yeah, four teams. Yeah, four teams, but yeah, you, you got to play him as an RB2. How about the most confusing situation, the wide receivers? Boyd goes out and gets, what, nine targets, seven catches. He has the volume, but then the touchdowns go to Higgins and Jamar Chase. Yeah. And you might be excited about Jamar Chase, but he only had two catches. Yeah. Four, four targets, two catches. I would stay away from Chase. We know they had struggles in the preseason. I think he's going to be good. He had a huge week one, but once again, it was against the Minnesota Vikings. That Steelers, you know, secondary is going to turn things around there. And so I would sit Chase. Uh, as far as the two other guys go, quite honestly, they, they both make me nervous. Yeah. I'd probably sit them both. If I had to start a guy, for me, it'd be Higgins. I don't know where you land on that. but Yeah, I think it'd be Higgins as well. But ultimately, that's going to come to – and we always do these start-sit stuff. And maybe, you know, just a great pause to say, it's going to come down to your options. Like, we talk about that. These guys are on the fence. They make you nervous. But I tell you what, I've even been – like sometimes my receivers suck because I always wait on my wideouts. I get my tight end. I get my running backs. I usually get a third good running back. And – so it happens, but um, I guess if you're if you're on the fence about one of those guys, leave a comment. We'll talk about it. You know, it really yeah. depends on what you're looking at. Yeah, what's out there? Size your league, scoring system, who's on your bench, who's on waiver wire. Once you got to contextualize this information for your league, I can't do that for you. But we're leaning towards sitting those wide receivers. Yeah, and you know what? Let's keep it straight and simple and short. I'm going to sit the Bengals tight ends. I'm going to sit their kicker, and I'm going to sit their defense. I agree. So I got the Bears versus the Browns there. I'll start with quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield. I had a gutsy performance last week. They got injured staying in the game. They're making comparison to him and Brett Favre. That's awesome. Uh, but he is banged up, and the Bears are a good defense. And here's the other thing. The Browns rely heavily on the run. I would sit him. The other thing to make matters worse for him now, uh, Landry's on the IR, and then Odell Beckham may not be back yet. So once again, sit Baker Mayfield. Now let's look at the quarterbacks, Andy Dalton or Fields. The coach said Dalton is still their man. Ugh, I, I'm not really sure about that, but he's still their guy, I guess. I'm pretty sure the only thing he could do to get sat at this point is, I don't know, cheat on Matt Nagy's wife or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's played bad. Yeah. Like. So uh, so to me, I, I don't know what's happened there. Um, you know, who's going to start in the game, what's going to happen. But I would say that this is a mess until we know that Fields is their guy and he's at a prove-it game. Because that's the other thing, I yeah. need a prove-it game. 
you know, uh, where we can see that. I'd sit both of those guys. Let's look at running backs. Chubb, a career 5.3 yards per carry. Career. I mean, this guy is so good. 6.8 yards per carry this year. Three rushing touchdowns. Absolute stud. Now, the reason why he's not a top five running back is because of Hunt. But you still need to start him as a running back one. He's a better play in standard leagues, but you're going to start him. Um, right now, according to Pro Football Focus, he's receiving the number one rating at running back. We've been saying this, that as much as Derrick Henry's fun to watch, the better pure running back as far as all the metrics go is Chubb. Yeah. The guy is just dominant. Uh, let's go Hunt. Now, we said it in the preseason that a lot of you are drafting him as high-water mark as far as stats, that if he doesn't repeat those stats, you're not going to get a deal and you want to get value plays. Right now, he's averaging just 11.3 touches per game, which makes him somewhat touchdown dependent. Yeah. Now, he's used a lot in the passing game. That makes him a safer play in PPR leagues. But he's playing the Bears that are solid. Um, so I think there's risk starting him. I would sit him if you're in leagues that are 12 teams or lower. I would start him in leagues if you are in a team that's more than 12. Yeah. And it's a PPR league as a flex or a low-end running back, too, if you don't have better options. As far as uh, Montgomery goes, uh, David Montgomery, you got to love his workload. He's their guy there. They trust him. He's looking pretty good. Now, the Browns have shut down some running backs so far. But one game was against the Texans. That hardly counts. Their backfield is not great. Um, David is a strong running back to play with good upside. Now, as wide receivers go, you got Mooney and Robinson. Uh, they got quarterback issues. The Browns secondary is solid. Um, Allen Robinson is too good to sit, but on the year he's had eight catches for one touchdown and 59 yards. I know you have in a league. It's got to be kind of disappointing right now. Yeah, it, it definitely is disappointing. Are you going to tell me how it's going to turn around? Well, I don't think it's going to turn around this game, at least not significantly. Uh, yeah. I think you have to play the guy. He's too talented to sit. And once again, you probably don't have better options out there. I feel like we're just saying that all the time. We should yeah. make t-shirts that says you have better options. Out there, but You have better options. Do you have better options you have or whatever? But um, So I would bump him down. What typically he's a guy with a good quarterback is a wide receiver one. He's now a wide receiver two mid-range. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't dare sit him. As far as Mooney goes, I like the guy. I actually think he's got a lot of talent. But they got to get the quarterback thing figured out. Yeah. Uh, as far as tight ends go, I would uh, sit every tight end this game. I would sit both kickers, but I would start both defenses in this one. I think it's going to be an old-fashioned game, running the ball, lots of defense. Um, I don't think it's going to be pretty. That's the way it's going to be. All right, nothing else to add there from me. Great breakdown. And, um, yeah, I'm just really hoping Allen Robinson turns it around. And it's, I don't think it's his fault at all. But uh, let's move on to our next matchup. All right, now we got to break down the Ravens and the Lions. This is going to be a fun matchup to watch. I think Lamar Jackson is going to be, as he has been all year, great for fantasy. He put up 34 and 25 fantasy points with four touchdowns. Now he goes against the Lions. They've given up the ninth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They've given up six TDs. That's a bad defense. Lamar is going to have, I think, another great fantasy day. And, you know, that offense is really fired on all cylinders. They've looked really good this season, despite, honestly, I think, expectations from a lot of people after last year that they might struggle. Moving on, Tyson Williams, he's going to capitalize on a great matchup. The Lions give up the second most fantasy points to running backs. They've given up six touchdowns, including three receiving TDs last week. They were just torched. Definitely play Tyson Williams. He is the lead back in that offense. Considering some of the other running backs, um, he had one nice play from Devonta Freeman. That was it. Don't play him. He does not have a role. He did not see a lot of touches. Um, if there were a running back to challenge Tyson Williams for touches, it'd be Latavius Murray. He does have back-to-back touchdowns, but even then, He's not startable, especially in PPR leagues. The volume wasn't there, and he was not nearly as effective as Tyson Williams. Am I right in saying that? Uh, uh, Wilson, uh, you know, had the one unfortunate fumble at the goal line. Thank God it worked out well for those guys. But yeah. I'll tell you what, Williams looks really good. Mm-hmm. In fact, I wonder if he continues to develop like this, what that running back situation will look like next year when Dobbins comes back. Yeah. I mean, Williams looks legit. He's got good size explosiveness. I like him. 
Uh, could be that I'm on one of my benches too, but I know. I, yeah, I know how that is. Uh, moving on to the wide receivers, you know, Marquez Brown is quietly eighth in wide receiver scoring this season. He's been good. Yeah. Um, and this is another great matchup. The Lions have given up back-to-back 100-yard games to wide receivers. Play them. Boom. Just play them. Well, we said that, too, in our – I couldn't believe, like, 37% available in leagues. We said it on our waiver wire video, like, this guy's a former first-round pick. How is he out there in any leagues? Well, right now you he's know? a wide receiver one. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to the other wide receiver, the only guy to consider is Sammy Watkins. He has at least seven targets and four catches in both games this season. So that is good. Um, And he is in a good matchup against the Jets, giving the third most yards to wide receivers last year. Of course, it's a new year from last year. But Watkins, if you're looking for a low-end wide receiver three, can be plugged in this week. Say you have an injury to another wideout, like maybe you had Landry or whatever. Um, But I'm not huge on him. He definitely has a ceiling. As far as Mark Andrews goes, I actually just traded him away to you because I I had Gronk and just was not particularly happy with him. But he does have five targets in both games. That's not huge volume. That's not horrible. But it needs to go up if he's going to compete, you know, with some of those other top five tight ends. That being said, do you have another tight end that is a better option than him? I don't think so. Um, I don't know. Again, you feel like, again, for me, it comes down to, when I look at the waiver wire, like there's no one you're going to pick up that's going to be better than Mark Andrews. As unfortunate as that is, five targets, you know, maybe he only gets you 50 yards on four catches, but like it's as good as it gets nowadays. Uh, moving on, Justin Tucker is a must start. And so is the Ravens defense. I think they're going to have a great day. I think they're going to have a good week for sure. So I would play them as well. But uh, let's move on to the Lions side of the football and Jared Goff. I think you got to play Jared Goff. The Ravens giving up the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. He's got five touchdowns in two games. Goff is, you know, it might be garbage time stats, but it's stats nonetheless. I would play him. Um, Moving on to the running backs, DeAndre Swift. I would play him this week. Hasn't been simply what people expected him to be, right? He has not been phenomenal, but let's break it down. The Ravens have allowed three touchdowns to running backs in just two games, and, and then Swift was bad for fantasy last week, but he had 4.6 yards per carry and four catches for 40 yards. So you know what? Considering he got game scripted out of it, he was an efficient runner and still used in the passing game. That'll be okay in games where he's not scripted out of it. He's going to be a good start. Um, But you do have to be aware for something like that and some of those matchups that he kind of disappears sometimes. As far as Jamal Williams goes, sit him. He had a great week one. People were all excited about him. Boom, what happens in week two? Sure enough, kind of a dud there. Did not have a very great week. In fact, take a look at it. He had three catches for 12 yards. So even in the passing game, in situations where, you know, I think some people expected he might get a little more usage, he just didn't. Three catches for 12 yards, not effective enough, so I would sit him. There's one guy to be excited about, and it's not their tight end, Hawkinson, though he's definitely someone to be excited about. How about uh, Quintez Cephas? He's starting to look like the option there. He, he had a back-to-back good week. Seven targets, four catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Not to mention week one, he had a touchdown and a two-point conversion catch. Now he goes up against the Ravens. They allowed Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, and Zay Jones to score touchdowns against them. I think Quintez Cephas can do it as well, if only by pure volume. I'd play him this week as a high-end wide receiver three. He's kind of a, kind of a sneaky play right now. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, he's another must-start guy. Here's an interesting stat. The Ravens give up the most fantasy points to tight ends, and I don't even think it's their fault. You know who they've gone up against? Travis Kelsey, who went for 100 yards in a touchdown, and Darren Waller, who went for 100 yards in a touchdown. Now they play TJ Hawkinson, who is arguably the third-best tight end in the league, right up there with George Kittle. 
And then next week they play Noah Fant. So that's going to be the toughest four games that any team has ever gone up against tight end. So, so I'd play TJ Hawkins. Yeah, I absolutely love the guy. In fact, I tried so hard to make a trade for him. And I was one to get ripped off. I think he's going to be a Kelsey type of tight end there. I, yeah. I love him. Um, I'll take him over a lot of guys in the league right now, honestly. In fact, I love him. Somebody's going to hate me, Lamar George Kittle. Um, I have to why. agree with you. Yeah, George Kittle's great. I think what makes him great is also what hurts him. He plays so physical. But that's the way he's always banged up. But, um, yeah, I think Hawkinson's unbelievable. Well, he was a pretty early pick. I don't remember how early it was. Eighth overall, first Eighth round. overall, that's huge. I, can you think of any other tight end pick that early? That's been a while. It's, it's got to mean big things. Yeah. But uh, moving on to finish this out nice and quick, I would sit their kicker, Austin Sieber. And you got to sit the Lions defense. They have totaled zero fantasy points on the season. So, yeah, probably not the defense for you. So I've got the Saints versus the Patriots. Uh, I, I just think about Eminem in the back of my mind right now when I think of uh, Winston. Uh, you know, whether we owe Winston, please stand up. It's like, yeah. what's, who is Jameis Winston at this point? Great week one, horrible week two. Um, he's going to be hit or miss. If he holds on the job long enough to get Michael Thomas back, that's going to be a huge bump for him. Mm-hmm. But right now, this week, they play the Patriots, and that pass defense is excellent. Okay, They give the fewest points to quarterbacks, and that's not just because of matchups this year. In fact, if you go back two years ago before COVID, um, and guys held out and things like that. They were stifling to opposing quarterbacks. Sit Wilson. I'm not Wilson. Sit Winston, unless you're a glut for punishment. Just sit the guy. Yeah. Uh, stay away from him. As far as Mac Jones goes there, um, here's what they're doing. They're playing it close to the best with him. Short throws, run the ball, play great defense. Sit Mac Jones. Don't even consider playing him at this point. Um, this one's a really easy one for me to do. This is going to be very boring, but I would sit all wide receivers on both sides. Yeah. Um, if you had to play a guy... Um, it would probably be Nelson Aguilar, but uh, even that has concerns for me. So I would sit all wide receivers. I would sit all tight ends. Um, at this point, I do think that eventually one of those tight ends could rise to the top for the Patriots and have value, but the way they're playing, the volume's not there. As far as kickers go, Nick Falk, start him. He's been great this year. I think it would be a lot of field goals in this one. Uh, it could be a field goal fest. I would sit um, Rosas, and I would start both defenses in this game. So that was it. It was a really easy one for me to do. Um, honestly, don't get cute with this game. Keep yeah. it simple. Yeah, that's definitely going to be, you got to think defensive matchup should be. I like defense. That'll be fun to watch for me. I think it's hilarious to watch an offense not get a first down for a whole half. <laughs> yes, and that could very well happen in this game. Uh, but uh, yeah, quick breakdown, and I don't disagree with that at all. And if you do, I guess ask a comment down below. Let's move on where uh, I think that might be our final game after this. For this, uh, I've got this. Washington the Bills, and I think you've got the Cardinals oh, and Jaguars. I thought I was the last game. You have the last game, so I got yeah. one more, and then you do too. Okay, sounds good. All right, so now we've got to talk about what I think is going to be the funnest, or should I say funniest game of the year, Cardinals-Jaguars. I am going to enjoy watching Kyler Murray continue to do what he's done. He's a must-start. He's got nine touchdowns, and he finished first in fantasy points both weeks. He's just been phenomenal. Now he goes up against the Jaguars, giving up the 10th most fantasy points to QBs. And who was that to? Tyrod Taylor and Teddy Bridgewater. So he, you know... He's a bit of a step up from them. Is that a bold statement to put out there that maybe he's quite a bit better? Oh, a little bit. Kind of bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> but uh, moving on from that, Kyler Murray must start Chase Edmonds. I think you got to start him as well. One, he has looked to be the better running back than James Conner. And what that means is you may not love him, but he's an RB1 on the roster. So like, boom, in an offense that's scoring points, I like that. So he has eight carries last week. That's not great. But he does it for 46 yards, that's 5.8 yards per carry, and catches all five of his targets for 29 yards. In fact, he might see, um, you know, maybe even, 
well, it was surprising to see what he did in the passing game considering just how effective their offense is and how many wide receivers they are. It's not like they need him to be a productive pass-catching back. That tells us he's just that good, right? It's not desperation targets. Um, again, James Conner, he had the same amount of carries, eight carries as Edmonds, but he was half as productive, and he hasn't been used a single time in the passing game, so he's a must-sit. As far as the wide receivers, dare I say you should start DeAndre Hopkins, who has three touchdowns on the year. Again, must-play guy. Kirk Cousins. Now, in the first two games, uh, he has four catches for 70 yards. or th- That's kind of the first two games that's been his essentially his average. Um, when you look at those Who's two. Who's that again? Uh, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, okay. Christian Kirk, Kirk Cousins. So. Kirk Cousins. I was like, wow, this dude is uh, lined up a wide receiver too. I'm for all over team. the place. No wonder he can't <laughs> win games for us. He's yeah, busy playing for an- yes, another team. Sorry so. about that. So yeah, uh, Christian Kirk, over the first two games, he's kind of shown us, you know, probably four catches for 70 yards. That's sort of what you're going to get with him. Um, hasn't been proficient. I don't think you're going to depend on him to find the end zone. And in this week against the Jaguars, it's probably going to be such a blowout that you might want to sit him simply off the fact that he is not going to be forcibly getting the ball super early in the game or anything like that. Um, you know, consider starting him, but he probably will sneak in as a solid wide receiver three play. Uh, Rondell Moore, after a strong eight-target, seven-catch, 114 yards, and a TD game, what do you make of it this game? He actually looked okay in week one, and I'm going to argue that while I would consider sitting Christian Kirk, I would still start Rondell Moore. And do you know what the difference is there? He's a young wide receiver. I think if you're the Cardinals, you are the la- he's the last of the three wide receivers to come off the field, right? If you start winning big and they want to rest DeAndre Hopkins and then they want to rest Christian Kirk, you still keep your rookie out there to develop his skills, don't yeah. you? So he might be the most matchup proof receiver in this game simply by he could see the most volume. And, and again, you're, you're, you're kicking butt and crushing the Jaguars. You're probably just testing out your young guys, figuring out some things, having some fun, testing. So um, he's maybe the one guy I would consider playing, even though he is not the most dependable. Last week seems like, you know, you're not going to get that every week from him. Uh, At tight end, if you're looking for an option, you could consider starting Max Williams. What the heck? Max Williams went from like a healthy, like scratch. He did nothing in week one to catching all seven of his targets for 94 yards. I don't know what to make of that. You literally go from zero to 60 in one game. Um, Played the Vikings. You played the Vikings. That was it. That was it. Uh, And exactly. I don't think that you can start him. I don't think that you should. He does have another good matchup. Jaguars give up ninth most fantasy points to tight ends. If you are absolutely desperate and you want to take a risk, he might be a guy to play because of how thin the position is. But I wouldn't be at all surprised to watch him bounce back this week to like one catch for 19 yards or something like that. Unfortunately, that, that's pretty likely. But moving on, I would start Matt Prater. And I'm going to start the Cardinals defense. They got seven sacks, three turnovers in two games. And the Jaguars have thrown five picks in two games. So uh, that's going to be a good matchup for them when they're up early. Uh, switching sides to the Jaguars. Oh, man, it's been struggle. Look at the last game for Trevor Lawrence. 118 yards and two interceptions on 33 attempts. He's a must-sit. He really is a must-sit. Uh, James Robinson. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but you got to sit him as well. He finished 38th amongst running backs in week one and 29th in week two. He might be a guy, if you're in a deep league, you're desperate for a running back, or he is a flex. But even then, not looking great. That offense has struggled. They're not using him effectively. And I don't know, just all around the fancy numbers aren't there. So not much else to say unless you have something to add to that. 
Uh, as far as the wide receivers go, I feel happy. I kind of called it. Marvin Jones has really emerged as the top receiver in that offense after the week one where DJ Chark got all the targets but didn't do anything with them. Man, they, they sure kind of hopped over, giving Marvin Jones had back-to-back weeks as a wide receiver, yeah. too. He is going to be a wide receiver to continue to start him as such. And the Cardinals have given up four TDs in two games to wide out. So he should capitalize. I think he's going to have a good game. Yeah, you know, you look at DJ Chark. He's a guy that had high hopes going into this year, and maybe he'll come around. Um, you know, in week one, he had like nine targets, had three catches. He did have a touchdown. But if you actually watch the game, it was a blown coverage. It wasn't like he went up and fought a defender or had great separation or quick on a slam route. It just... You're right. Marvin Jones has got to be that guy currently there. Yeah. Well, you look at DJ Chark. I think it was 13 targets. 13 was it? 13 for three catches. It was brutal. Um, So then you go back to last week. uh, DJ Chark has one catch for 19 yards. That's a must sit. It gets worse than that. No, did you know that? I didn't think it was possible. LaVisca Chenault had seven targets, two catches, and negative three yards. Wow. Is that how do you do that? He ran the wrong way. Yes. Like when little kids play basketball and they shoot on the Vikings years ago, wrong way. Well, according to our past. Uh, he's also struggling with a shoulder injury is questionable. Yeah. So Marvin Jones for me is the only start. I would also sit the tight ends there. Chris Manhurts and James O'Shaughnessy. They combined for one catch last week and essentially are splitting roles. I'm going to sit Josh Lambeau and the Jaguars defense this week. Uh, it seems like Cardinals have been steamrolling every team they face, and it's probably going to be another week of that. So we've got Washington versus the Bills. So I got the final game. Let's talk about quarterback Tyler Heineke. He had a nice game, but it was against the Giants. And the Bills defense is going to make life very hard for him. Besides the Patriots, to give the second fewest points to quarterbacks there, um, I would sit Tyler Heineke in this one. Don't bother playing him. Uh, Josh Allen. Okay. Um, man, I hope you take to heart the stuff we've been saying for years. Don't overspend for quarterback. We say yeah. every year the MVP guy is going to overspend on him. And he was the guy that we said don't overspend on him. And he's not having an MVP-type season right now. He doesn't yeah. look great. Um, he's playing a Washington defense that's supposed to be good, although they have been lights out either. The Washington defense is not looking the way I think we anticipate they could look this year. It is early. Um, don't overpay for quarterbacks. With that said, he's still a Tier 1 quarterback. You need to play him. So yeah. start you know, Josh Allen in this one. Uh, let's go to running backs. Let's talk about Singletary um, in this one. Devin Singletary, he's a clear lead back. Now, someone said, well, Moss had some touches. He had two touchdowns last game. Yeah, in a blowout where it's 35-0. Devin is their guy. He has a limited ceiling because of size and some other factors there, but you need to start him as a running back too. And we put him in the range around like 22 to 24 in our ranking. So that kind of gives context for you to understand where you want to start him. Yeah, no, absolutely. We talked about in our waiver wire. You, you win 35 nothing, so you're up big against a team that is missing their starting quarterback. You're not keeping your starting running back out there. You're going to give the ball to your backup, especially when your starting running back's a little undersized. Yeah, exactly, and keep him healthy. And his yards per carry Moss was 3.3, not that great. Remember, week one, he was a healthy scratch. Yeah. That's a major red flag. So anyways, yeah, I like Singletary. I think he's your guy to start there. Um, I wouldn't play Moss yet. As far as running backs go, let's look at Gibson in this one. I've got him in a league. I've got Gibson Taylor on the same team, and they've both been a little bit disappointed for me. Uh, Bills are strong against the run, but they haven't faced a lot of great backs yet either. So you got to look at that. They, they face some mediocre or lower-end running backs up to this point. Um, it's going to be a tough weekend for him. But I also see a lot of carries as they're going to try to take pressure off that pass rush. So they might be feeding him. He might get 25 carries in this game if they don't fall behind in this one. Uh, he hasn't on the end zone yet, but he's got a healthy 4.9 yards per carry. He's a legitimate back. He is their clear starter. He's going to get a majority of the touches. And therefore, for that reason, he's a running back too. Looks like you might have something to say regarding No, Gibson. nothing. You have him in a league, don't you? I do have him in a league. Yeah. I wish he was doing a little better. McKissick is kind of ticking me off. Yes, yes, But, you know, that's going to come around. Let's talk about McKissick, actually. 80 catches last year. Last game, he had five catches, 83 yards. Uh, that sort of play is probably going to continue for him. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he's a decent play as a flex in leagues that are 14 teams or over, and it has to be a PPR league. Yeah. So he's got some value there. Uh, Cole Beasley. Um, let's look at Washington. They're giving up um, a lot of points to wide receivers. The problem with it is, is, as Cole Beasley can be that guy that can go out and get 12 targets for nine catches and you know 70 yards. But Davis, um, I like him. And they got Emmanuel Sanders. Um, so he's going to be hit or miss, hot or cold. And, uh, and I don't know at this point what you can do, and I wouldn't trust him. I would probably sit him in this one. Well, it's you know what? I'm going to be honest. I think it's simpler than that. Uh, take the production he did last year with his like MVP playing level type quarterback in Josh Allen. Josh Allen's not playing at that level anymore, so you have to assume Cole Beasley won't either. I yeah. mean, that's just that's just it. Yeah. Stephon Diggs, talk about him a little bit. We said he was going to regress a little bit, not because we don't think he's a good wide receiver. We think he's very good, but the numbers he put up last year were great. Um, he's not going to be a top five wide receiver, but he's still a top wide receiver. He's a low end wide receiver one start. Let's talk about Terry McLaurin, scary Terry, my guy. I got a mad crush on this dude. I love him to death. Um, but based on the quarterback and the matchup, you know, he'll probably see a lot of Trevadius White in this one, I'm yeah. imagining, in the game. Um, he's a wide receiver one type talent, but based on matchups, quarterback play, et cetera, he's a wide receiver two start. He was great last week, um, but I think that uh, he'll step back. I think, you know, it's maybe six catches for 80 yards is what you can expect in this one, which is decent, but not great. Uh, sit the Bills tight ends. I would start Logan Thomas, not because I think he's a good tight end, because he's a low play, simply because there's not a lot of good tight ends out there, and he'll probably get a lot of looks in this game. I would start Bass and Hopkins at kickers. I would start the Bills defense, and I would sit Washington's defense until they come and turn things around there. All right, that's a great breakdown. You know, this is, for me, one of the question games, right? Bills came out, and they're not looking like they did last year. And uh, the Redskins, we got to see what their defense is like because that's been all over the place. And I'm curious to see, you know, how legitimate or illegitimate uh, Heineke is going to be. So, for me, this is one of those games I think we're going to learn a lot from. All right, guys, that's it. That's our breakdown for our week three, part one, start, sit video. Again, go check out the website if you want a little more information there and leave a comment down below. We just talk some football and have some fun. And in a day or so, tomorrow or the next day, whatever it may be, we're going to be getting out our part two for this to finish out those other second half games. And again, the process might be a little awkward to do in two videos, but we've really enjoyed it. And I think my research and the quality is a lot better. Would you say that? Yeah. So anyways, guys, as always, we thank you so much for your support. Yeah, you know, I just come back to what you said there. I think our research gets better. We say this all the time, but trends, the league changes so fast, right? Like it used to be that teams would take three, four years of rebound, but it's not the case. So you can go back to last year's stuff to build trends, but really that you, you can't trust it. It takes about two to three weeks, the NFL, to really develop a trend, and we're getting that. So I think that's why we're going to see better information because we have clear numbers to look at oh yeah no as much as i know about fantasy at week one it's a guessing game and then week two you got a good clue and then week three week four suddenly now i know what i'm doing now you know what you can do so anyways guys thank you so much for watching you have a great day and god bless